going on? Man, it's nice outside. Is it nice where you're at? It is. I have a 53 and sunny. Do not know the temp, but I'm sure we're close enough where it's similar. I don't see a single cloud in the sky. Man, this is nice for once. If you're listening to this on a rainy day or snowbound, sorry about it. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's going to get better as the day goes on, my understanding. The high today is supposed to be 65. That is my top of yard work weather. Birds are chirping. I see some cardinals out there. Been doing any running, cycling or anything with the weather being so nice? Mostly just working outside. No running. No. I was going to say, it makes you my hero, all the running and biking you do. I, um, I'm in the process of getting my head wrapped back around that. Maybe that's kind Didn't of you a, say your bike was in the shop? I, I am waiting to actually to pick it up today. The mountain bike is getting a new rear brake put on it. How often do you ride that one? Oh, just depends. So not often, because often would mean you're some kind of frequency there. <clears throat> but you ride your uh, street bike a lot, don't you? No, I would say to full confess, in the last couple of years to year and a half, I have been pretty much runner nearly only each year because mm-hmm. I log everything through some sort of uh, electronic device or media that you can record all these things with. I'll look back to see. I haven't had a year where I did not ride, but it's very minimal right now. I did. <laughs> 2015 was a really booked year for me for events and things, and I, I think it kind of wore me down in a lot of ways. I'm not 100% sure, and for those of you that haven't figured it out yet or just don't know, I'm not into like biking for exercise and whatnot. It should be. It would be something I think I would enjoy. But You have a bike. I would s- Yes, I was going to say, though, it could be as long as it could be hanging. It could have been hanging from the ceiling. God, it might be five years since I've got it off the ceiling. Hanging up there. May, may, probably not. Maybe three years. Definitely more than two. It though. seems like I remember. Did you and Erica <laughs> get them at the same time? Yes, but I, we got them probably 10 years ago. I remember we you both have about a. It. I don't know what they are. They might be treads. I think that's the brand I remember. They're hybrids. They're right. kind of weird. It took me a while to get used to it because all I've ever known growing up was uh, mountain, bike. mountain bikes. Yeah. And so these were kind of like road bike, not like 10 speed type thin tires. These are kind of like those almost, I don't know if you call them old people bikes, fat tires. <laughs> anyway, they uh, it was weird to ride and she's not good at riding as much. Um so we just never really used them that much. Do you keep up with like Lance Armstrong and all those? Uh, yeah, I would say full disclosure, if you were to want to know the trivia of my life, he would have been the reason that I first followed social media. But it, oh, because he had a somewhere I had read he had a book coming out and follow me on Twitter and I'll let you know when it's coming out. One of those kind of things. I'm like, oh, there's a use for that thing I hear people talking about. <laughs> How was that like 07? Uh, probably because I actually had that Twitter account before Facebook. And I feel like I learned about yes, Lance Armstrong I'm sure that was somewhere around somewhere around 2004 or 5. Uh, maybe even 6. I'm not sure. Um, but man, so you considered him, he was maybe not as much, maybe you couldn't put the word hero on him, but was he someone that you. Oh, I for sure think you had to put hero on him. Even if it wasn't yeah, for the wins. Yeah, I'm not even into it. Now, he was kind of my hero, too. I mean, sort of. I mean, we'll talk about the definitions we have for that in a little to bit. To come but, back yeah. from cancer, 
to, to come back from cancer and just participate uh, competitively in any sport, um, I, I, let me just re-back that up. Uh, I know too many people that are cancer survivors. Just to overcome that is right. just such a crazy thing. But because of you and I, you know, from the medical perspective, to be able to come back from it and having not had suffered any um, negative things with your body because of the treatments and or the disease itself mm -hmm. that you could still function at a high professional level because everybody who's into sports knows that all these people are just like uh kind of like the analogy but of an NASCAR engine or pick your favorite motorsport where they're just running wide open to the point that much more would cause mechanical disaster and the fact that they can do that is what separates them from all of us I would say God. Yeah, for sure. We're getting to that age where we find more people, you know, coming down with ailments. A good friend of mine, uh, well, not a good friend of mine, someone I went to school with from kindergarten all the way through. We graduated, went to the same three schools, uh, you know, elementary, middle, high. I found out she has breast cancer, oh, stage no. three. And um, I'm one of the few people, surprisingly, who have, maybe because I, I seeked her out, so I was wondering, hey, what's she up to? Um, and friended her through social media and found out that way. And, uh, She's hopeful, and I'm hopeful for her too. But the thing, what I was going to say was, you know, we weren't the best of friends. I just knew her. Mm -hmm. Like she was, and she was always, you know, the one of the top academic students in our class from kindergarten on. And uh, so when I was in more advanced classes, I was usually with her, and we were both had the same. We were both in band and stuff like that. So therefore, we had similar schedules because you know, if you do the same. Um, extra classes or electives. Usually if you were in like an honors class, you were in the same honors classes as right. all the kids who were in band or course. So I had lots of classes with her. I found out about that. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, you know, it's crazy how it affected me so much. Cause we're, like I said, we're not best as friends, but when I found out about it, I was more, uh, more worried about it than, uh, than I thought it would be. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how to deal with that, but that'd be the idea of cancer and what it is. I, my dad's a colon cancer survivor and, uh, he was diagnosed with that at, I don't know, there's never a good time, but just to put it into somebody's perspective, I was finishing, you know, grad school and not that that's not stressful enough. Uh, I was in, you know, the first couple of years of being married, not that that's stressful enough, but you, your dad was diagnosed with colon cancer. And it's like, uh, there's just one more thing that I, as far as how I personally deal with things, have to like find a shelf in my head because I can't do the things that are required of me at this um, school level and being in just involved too deeply in all the other things around me because I, I only have so much time and energy and to get through. I mean, maybe it was a right. good escape for me at the time is just throw myself yeah, into well, school. Right. Well, you talking about Lance Armstrong, we can get back to that in a second. Just made me think of that all of a sudden. So if by chance you're out there listening, I don't want to say any names, but you're, th I'm thinking about you and I know some other people are thinking about you as well, so keep it up. Keep the keep the fight up. Everybody's in your corner. Back to uh, Lance. So he, uh, we all know what happened. That was that was a shame. So how did that affect you with him being such a you know, someone to look for, look up to? And was it pretty? Uh, I'm, I'm sure it was a pretty substantial thing. Um, it was upsetting really for me question. because I, I was on his side. I believed him, and it was a big letdown. I guess is the best way I could say it. Yeah, I, part of me in terms of just admiring a human body's ability to do things, that did not change. I mean, we can go down Dopen Road if you'd like, um, 
but I, the the biggest betrayal was the fact of the no 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 I didn't I didn't I didn't yeah. and then there was obviously the famous interview where I yes I did and so forth and so on and that severed you know that that was just too much for some people to bear so they just cut it loose in their mind or whatever their mental following of that was and and moved on uh it he still mesmerizes me as a human being in the sport oh yeah yeah like uh, you know what i mean like you know how kind of, this is really good in terms of i think the, the hero conversation you i think you have to be able to as i like to say, and you quote me, you have to pigeonhole things like, um, and kind of a little bit of reading and kind of picking into psychology today and different literature about hero worship and that idea. One of the cautionary tales with these things is not to get like wrapped into totality because if a person is good at X, Y, or Z, whether that's a physical feat or uh, in the lab or paper presentation and writing or an author, whatever a person's gift is or thing, that doesn't mean that they won't cheat on their spouse, you know, or just pick, you know, something that's disturbing to people. Um, And so be careful because, and then we'll get into, I think when we talk about your own personal heroes and what you have evolved through time with uh, how the heroes have been to you and what they've done. Cause for me, there were people that I looked up to growing up through the years that fell off pedestals that I put them on. They didn't ask to be put there. They didn't even know they were there. Right. But then, then when they would have a failure or a shortcoming that I was not aware of or made a lot to me, it's like, uh, Again, in all that process, I kind of just learned what I'm trying to say about the quote famous people, the folks that we might look up to that we don't even know and they don't know us is, you know, admire XYZ sports figure for their speed, agility, talent, whatever the thing is. Uh, and there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think it, it's entertaining and uh, sports people and their accolades can translate to other parts of our lives to me because I can look at things that seem just almost beyond what a human can do. And that makes me want to try to push myself, whether that's in a physical way or an academic way or a whatever community mindedness way. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to the psychology of just heroes and what they are and why everybody has them or for the most part, people have them and, and what they are. You put these people, you know, up on a pedestal, like you said, and you expect them to be, a hero, and you know we can talk about that here in a second. Um, what a hero is to your psyche, and all these things, all these holes it's filling um, for you when they don't meet it, um, live up to those expectations. You know they get they get they come crashing down, and they're held to you know like you're saying they're sports figures. They never you know people joke around. There was a, a Natalie Portman music video made with a, a Lonely Island where she's like, I never asked to be a hero or a role model. It's true. None of them did. But when you're in the public eye like that, that's what you become, especially to young kids who don't know any better, who don't have the capacity, right. you know, to understand that, um, you're just a human as well to them. You're a superhuman. I mean, you are a hero oftentimes. Yeah. I've, I have wrestled on, I think both sides of that equation. I remember, I'm sure it's existed for a long time, but the, one of the earliest remembrances I have of somebody being vocal about it was Charles Barkley in his professional basketball career. I don't know if it was in an ad. I don't know if it was in an interview or some little clip where he's quoted as saying or alluding to the fact that I'm not supposed to be a role model. I didn't ask to be a role model. I don't remember. I don't want to put words in his mouth. But that notion me. of what you're saying. like, And at the same time. So so I kind of followed that idea of, yeah, but you are a professional blah, blah, blah person. But goes along with the territory. 
grow and become professional and whatever it is you do yourself, I realized there are things that I just sought out as part of my pursuit. With that, I didn't realize all the little side things that come with that. And whether that could even just be being a parent. There's lots of little mm-hmm. ancillary things that go along with that that you may not have always thought about. And so I can t- take a little bit of the side with them. Like, you know, he, you know, wanted to better himself and his opportunities in life by pursuing what apparently he was good at. And that was basketball. Nowhere in that, I imagine, was it ever told to him or even in his mind, like, oh, yes, you always have to be aware of yourself because people looked up to you. It was just a pursuit because one game led to the next game or one year led to the next and you right. try to get better and you try to get drafted. And and you just get you're just part of yourself and your life and you don't necessarily take that on because there's no mechanism to make you go now realize young people are looking up to you somebody may or may not have said that but i i'm not saying i give them a pass but i think about I that think they're aware of shoes. it I, I think that they're told that i mean that's been around for a long time um you know i mean at least since the 50s or 60s that's kind of been understood who was the guy um more sticking to basketball not that i was a huge basketball fan but was it was his name david robinson uh, yes. Was that him? He played saxophone and stuff too. And he was in the Navy he, or something. He graduated the Naval Academy. Yeah. And then, um, I don't remember when I think of like a role model, a sports role model, I always thought of him. And I always thought, uh, um, most of, I was a Braves fan growing up. I don't remember them ever doing anything crazy. They always try to be, you know, a, you know, mind their P's and Q's. Yeah. And I, I was a equal fan of them traveled to see them a handful of times than I can recall. And I will not bring them up now for, I do not <laughs> like to watch my people go through the ringer, but there were people in that eighties era of Braves that would get in trouble with drugs. Oh yeah, for or, sure. So yeah. I don't know that, you know, it ever gets immune like you can. And the sad thing is the one, two or five people that anybody can think of right now that are well, sports, because that's what we're talking about at the moment. If whatever sports person you can think of that just has a sterling in and out of the sport life, Peyton Manning, maybe. I would say be very careful as to how how closely you pull yep. that tight to yourself because they're just humans. Yep. It's funny and how they, it, it, they fall to weaknesses just like all the rest of us, and whether that's cheating or drunk driving or whatever right. the thing is they do. And I'm not saying we all drunk drive. Martha Stewart case <laughs> or whatever she yes. did insider trading. Right. It's funny right. how those responsibilities, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, translate um, to professionals too, like. Uh, of course, politicians, you know, of course, but now they're almost they're almost expected to do bad things, probably because they're followed right. so much. But, you know, like doctors and people who are respected um, that you, you know, they have responsibilities. So when you hear about a doctor or something like, yeah, he had an affair on, with his on his wife with so and so. I remember all that being gossip whenever you whenever you'd find out one of these so and so. Um, professionals would have something. I remember everybody talking about it being a big deal or like certain doctors in town, like, yeah, and he runs around, he's a womanizer and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, it didn't have to just be a doctor. It could be anybody or a police officer. Like, yeah, he goes and um, he's into drugs and all kinds of stuff. And he's a police officer. Right. And like you, all these standards that people have, um, it, the more, it seems like the more professional the occupation is, the more they're expected to not do those things. Um, how that how right. those, those those translate to it, and it it became apparent to me in going back to those uh, people that or didn't say as a, somebody was coming along the way that um, during our my at least time in the professional school it was brought up more than once by professors that uh, 
not to be doing anything that's going to get you arrested, which these things seem obvious and not that there was a problem with that within that class or probably in the previous. But the point was for the conversation and make people think, not because right. it was actually something that they felt like they needed to stop. But whether you got, you know, thrown on the front page of the local paper, uh, you know, at, while you're in school or when you when you get out and you're out in the work, workforce working in whatever community you're in, because it may affect your employment. Yeah, for sure. Now, I don't know that every job that exists in the world that's true for, which is the whole point of them bringing that up is you may not come from a background where this was relevant or that you ever thought of it. Um, I don't, I don't want to name any example fields cause I don't want to make it sound like that. Right. Well, that doesn't matter cause that field's less important, but there are certain things like you example of fields where trust is involved and that's not every field. I mean, I will say accounting just because I, I know a handful of them and I'm not trying to make any light of that, but I don't know that it would impact that the same as if an accountant, you know, got in trouble with a DUI or got caught cheating on his wife or something. Now, if he got caught embezzling right, yeah, that, exactly. see how the the actual thing might make a difference. Whereas a doctor, a pharmacist, a dentist or something gets in trouble with a controlled substance. Yeah, abuse. That, that looks bad for the community for them, but it also looks like can they actually do their job based on their relationship with and or being around things that might be like a controlled substance? So depending on who they are and what they are is the, what that violation of trust, how that impacts. I think any kind of thing like that, though, no matter what they do, well, people will think in their mind, well, if they'll do that, then what else will they not do? You know, they're unscrupulous. So it carries over into their job. Right. What, um, when you think of the word hero or, um, however you want to put it, like, it's funny when you asked me about that um, a few days ago. I, this is something that I've um, thought about my whole life because I always say it was such a strange question when I got answered it. Um, but before I go into that, when when somebody says that to you, what do, what does it mean to you? Like what like when you ask me about you know heroes and stuff, like what defines that? Like are we talking about just people that we looked up to, or would it have to be a real person or a fictional person? Or I mean, I think there's two. That's definitely two. Uh subjects the fictional version and and or a real life version because i think maybe the fictional person or just that type of uh comic book or whatever that is or book fiction thing that may hold a level of something a person wishes but to in to at least my definition to answer your question that seems to fall into more of an entertainment and sort of a wish world kind of thing whether it be you wish you had all these powers or you wish at least somebody did so they could kind of right some of the wrongs mm-hmm. of the world versus a real life hero which as we were you know mentioning this a little while back to your in conversation, I kind of like to pick the brains of people around me, which is kind of the whole purpose that drives me to do what we're doing right now. And that is I like hearing from other points of view and kind of cracking open an egg because the way I see things sometimes is just way off what everybody else is. And I learned from that. And most people I ask about it kind of related it to someone they knew usually a family member, not always. And it had to do with someone that you looked up, which, which kind of falls into the definition right. of hero, but, it was it involved nurturing. This was never stated in any of these responses, but when I look back on the, all the responses and coupled with some of the reading I did, a lot of the real life hero stuff has to do with who nurtured somebody at an early point in their life, whether that was mom, dad, grandparent, or neighbor, or whatever. Right. I definitely um, <clears throat> had you know some male role models in my family. But I don't know if I ever, when as a kid, considered them my hero. I mean, I definitely looked up to them, and I definitely thought that they were uh, 
right in all things, you know, like whatever right. they said, like no matter what so-and-so said, what they, their version of it was better or they were correct. Um, but I got a lot of points of view, um, for, from all over the place with different, different things like that. So I had a, had a diverse, um, upbringing. I never really, and I remember getting asked, you know, who's your hero. I even remember having to answer that on questionnaires and maybe even, I feel like you, you had to answer it on college entrance, um, essays and maybe even professional school like in the kind of the personnel section yeah, and I always, out your hobbies and all that it always irritated me because i was like well i don't i never really knew what to put there and you always have to create something and like make it sound like what you thought they wanted it to hear um but there were definitely people i looked up to but i don't know if i ever considered anyone a hero like a real life person i mean i definitely respected what we call now first responders I um, always thought that, you know, police were good. I remember watching that, um, or what we had a presentation in elementary school talking about, you know, police are your friend. And I remember the firefighters mm-hmm. used to come to school and, uh, tell you, you know, you'll see us in these masks and these, these uniforms or these, um, whatever they're called, their little suits, like we're, right. you know, coming to, we're not there to hurt you. Like, don't be scared. Like, trust us, you know, we're there to get you out of the fire. And I remember thinking, even as a kid thinking, well, well, duh, <laughs> who would right. fight these people? So I mean, that just goes to show you people's different mindsets. Like I, have, I understood, you know, of course, and you did what police officers said and you did what your teachers and stuff said. I remember, I guess, I mean, I am a male, but I remember, like male principals in elementary school or even teachers, um, I always kind of would look up to as role models. And like, you know, I figured they were, you know, good people. I mean, you know, for what we knew, um, and you would, you would do what they say and try to be like them. And of course, you know, my parents and grandparents and, you know, uh, grandfathers and, and stuff like that were, were people I looked up to, but I don't know if I ever really had anybody as a kid, I called a hero. That was a real person. Maybe like, um, some fictional characters I liked, like, you know, I, I never thought of them as being heroes, but if we're talking about the definitions and, and some of the stuff I've read, you know, going into doing this recording today about what, what a hero is, you know, what, what, what it does for the human psyche, how it fills holes and, you know, makes you feel like there's something that somebody out there that can fix problems that you yourself can't fix and all those, I guess more of mine would have been fictional. Um, but I didn't really think of it that way back then. I just thought they were what you wanted to be as a good moral person. Um, you know, whether it was Optimus Prime or the Transformers and even the Ninja Turtles or you know, even even certain characters and personalities from other shows I watched, you know, Star Trek or whatever. Um, I found them, you know, some of the things fascinating and maybe I tried to be more like those people, you know, because they were they were doing they took the moral high ground and, you know, they 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 did the things that you were you were supposed to do. And right. Do and, the right thing, no matter right. what the cost. It was more like doing doing the right thing. And then, of course, some of them had superpowers like they could, you know, Optimus Prime could shoot lasers and <laughs> beat the Decepticons and all that stuff. Um, right. And it, it's and reading through these readings today, it's like, yeah, I guess that is where why people look up to things like that. When I would have ever listed those on a on a piece of paper saying they were my hero, probably not. But it is neat to think about how certain fictional characters, um, as a young person, or even maybe nowadays, I mean, people as adults, I think, do this maybe more so now than ever. Um, try to do what these uh, things in media make it seem like that's how you should be. 
So if you had to answer, as they say, at the point of a gun, name <laughs> your childhood hero. I'm hearing Optimus Prime. Is that your answer? Probably. I mean, I've never even thought of that until this moment. Like, I wasn't thinking about it before um, before we recorded. I wasn't thinking about it when I was doing any readings or anything. But trying to think back, the first person I remember thinking, yeah, probably so at my youngest age. And then um, when I got into more like live action shows like Star Trek and things like that, I always thought that uh, Spock was cool and when it was Next Generation, of course, Captain Picard. I don't know how many of these shows you have watched, but he was always at it. And then uh, I've always told you, I think, Lieutenant Commander Data, the android on the Star Trek show, of having no emotions. No emotions. Yeah, like it all, and being pure logic, which is kind of what I thought was cool about Spock, may have affected me more than I realized as a young person. And maybe even today, um, my, my psyche, like, well, just be logical and be, you know, don't, don't let emotions control you. Like that's kind of something maybe that I was influenced as watching those and maybe they were my heroes. And I just didn't even know it. I don't know. That becomes the uh, kind of chicken and egg thing. I wonder if that's already how you felt. Right. And it kind Therefore, of Therefore you it. identified with those guys or for whatever reason, something clicked and you identify with those guys. And then you kind of took on this, just the facts, ma'am, <laughs> to put it into the dragnet situation where you're like, not not emotions, right. I just need data. Well, and they had so many, um, on, the, on the Star Trek shows, they had so many episodes where they would try to represent ignorance and, and things from a point of view um, to try to make you not be closed-minded and to try to listen to people who might actually know more than you that were maybe more advanced. And all the shows, it seemed like a reoccurring thing was these ignorant, less than people. And I, when I say ignorant, that's what I mean. You just don't know. I'm not saying they're stupid. Um, they just, you know, were ignorant of certain things and trying to convince them that these other things were actually true. Kind of like if you were to bring your technology back to the 1700s or 1600s and explain to them about viruses and germs. And could you imagine how <laughs> difficult that would have been to. You are going to get labeled a witch. <laughs> Right, yes, and like you imagine all these little tiny creatures, and so that's a lot. That there were a lot of episodes like that, and I remember thinking, yeah, I could see how how being close minded would not let you, you know, accept things that may be true, and um, so I guess that's why I, it always um, pulled me pulled me in on those on those types of shows, and it's like don't let your emotions control you, and don't let yourself be close minded, and it is it would be interesting. I mean, there's no way to know. Um, whether those were there and it just, you know, helped um, bring them out or if by watching it, it, it made me that way. And then, of course, they reinforced it with their points of view throughout throughout all the episodes. How would you define uh, it? It seems like there's a, a difference. And I think some of that's just the stretch of the word and, and you know, how we get, kind of get lost in the meaning mm-hmm. and origin of words. Hero in terms of uh, a fictional show or, or book is one thing versus the idea that somebody's uncle, aunt, grandmother, whoever is a hero. I would just say this is just a, a noun for a person who has quality or qualities that we wish to have ourselves. Yeah, I would say that's true. It's almost and, like can you can you differentiate between role model and hero? I don't it, it would be difficult. I think that's a little bit easier because I think some people hold really tightly to definitions, uh, maybe incorrectly, because sometimes a little bit looseness is needed because to me, a hero does not necessarily mean you flung a refrigerator off somebody after a tornado and saved the kid. <laughs> that right. might happen, but it could just be that you stood up for the right thing, and even though you were 
in an era or a time when things were a lot easier for you to go the heart, the, the wrong way, so to speak, but you kind of stood up and did things the right way and raised your family to do things the right way. That falls into the same sort of hero thing. To I'm me. trying to think in our lifetime, were there any people who did stuff like that at the risk? I'm sure there were in the, in the, but we were mostly kids in the eighties and maybe early nineties. Um, Maybe you're so darn old, maybe the late 70s. But, <laughs> but, you know, like we didn't have like an MLK or there was no Gandhi. Um, there were no there, I can't think of people, at least maybe there are some that I just I'm forgetting that really, you know, sacrificed their. I mean, obviously, Martin Luther King Jr. paid with his life for doing those right. things. But those would be true heroes. I think people that stood up for. Change regardless for the right of reasons. the cost, right? Yeah, and, and yes, exactly. Regardless of the cost, and that ended up, you know, paying for every. I, I don't know. Can you think of any? Uh, I'm sure there's some out there, and people are screaming. But I just no. I'm sure I don't know if we too. had examples. I mean, there's been little things like you know you, when you want to get in political wars about so and so from this party and so and so from that party, and I don't know. Um, was it who was the guy in Russia? Was it Gorbachev that mm-hmm. um, brought them out of? USSR, but then he got kind of got backstabbed by whoever else it was. I've forgotten the history on it. And then he became the prime minister and behind Gorbachev's back. And anyway, there's people who did it, but I, I just, maybe we just, I just can't think of any, but that to me would be, I guess the ultimate definition of a hero, somebody like that. And they just weren't around, at least not in the public eye that I can remember. Now there's war heroes, um, and I think of those. Oh, I think yeah. every soldier has, uh, oh, yeah. uh, you know, because kind of getting back to a generic definition that I kind of wrote down for myself was anything that kind of goes above the norms. And I think the willingness to die for anybody other than your house, um, that to me falls into hero Just status. Just for principle and a cause. police officer, a fireman, a rescue squad, a Navy, Army, any branch of anything – at any given time, those people's lives can be taken based on the job they have taken on. And that to me is different than a lot of our rest of our lives. That, or, that's or, just how I look at it. There's that. And there's the, there's the less, the lesser example, which maybe is harder, um, or somebody that maybe does without. So you can have like, talk about all these athletes who always say their mother's their hero. And, and maybe it's true. I don't think that I don't think it's just cliche that they say that. Like there, there's no telling what their mothers did just to make sure that they, you know, had food, had and, the equipment, and, yes, the, and the food, and all the opportunity that to get and, to the field or the wherever the game was to be held or practice. Who yep. had every, you know, <clears throat> did everything they could to make sure the person was, uh, you know, had every opportunity. I, I um, there were some parents, I think, of kids growing up that I can definitely say were better than that than others. Um, one of my best friends, his dad pretty much, you know, gave everything, did everything, you know, just for his benefit. But, you know, it wasn't like he's not like a spoiled brat or anything. I mean, of course, a little bit of that rubs off on anybody who's given too much. But I could say I bet he might be he might his dad might be his hero. This is the person I'm thinking of. Um, well, and I think in kind of in that same topic, I hear of cases and, and maybe have seen when I was in sports myself or even to see in the community I'm in now where there is a dad or some, some male or female, it doesn't matter. Somebody that's a parent and relative to a basketball league, baseball league, whatever will 
provide money to the league or directly to individuals or their families or whatever so that money is not getting in the way of some people's opportunities to be part of whatever sport or recreation this is. And I mean, I have, there's so many different ways that we can go into the hero world or idols or someone to look up to. And I, there's a handful of them that I could name. Um, There's even more, the longer I think about it, there's, I think, if you have sort of that glass half full mindset, you could probably have gone through your life, even on a small scale, maybe idolizing somebody in each class you've been in. Like you, there's always somebody who just doesn't cause a ruckus and they study and they work hard. That whether you actually formulated, I'm going to be like Shannon or whatever the person's name, you know what I mean? Like there's always uh, guardrails around us and we can either choose to work with between the guardrails or we can idolize maybe the ones that are jumping the guardrails or we can be that person ourselves. And, and so there's always a, a visual reference and maybe that translates into the sort of mental landscape of what do I want to look like? And when you see other people doing and living certain things to me, that helps me illustrate what it looks like. I have said more than once, I don't know that everybody knows what they look and sound like. And by that, I don't mean the mirror, but if you've never videoed yourself or had recordings of yourself and not just the audio, but how do you act? Like if you don't know how you sound to someone else and there's no way to be anybody else but yourself. But a lot of times, if you think about things from other points of view or in the case of a recording and you had an opinion about something and then go back and listen to it another time, you're like, Hmm, well, that, that was different because you were in a certain mood or something. Maybe when you had a certain thought, I even have that when I'm doing editing, I'm thinking, Oh yeah, that's, that's different. (laughs) I had that opinion (laughs) in that view that moment time. And it's not ever grossly off, (laughs) but it affords you sort of a 3d view of yourself and having, having other people to look at that kind of gives you an idea of like, I want to be viewed as that. I want right, to be viewed as the one who is the respected one at work, or I want to be viewed as the one that's the trusted one. Like everybody trusts so-and-so or not liked, you know, that kind of falls into the basic premise of humans. We all want to be liked, whether we want to admit that or not. I think that's a firm core to the inside of us. Now, how, how far and what extreme do you go to is to, whether that's like maybe a bad thing, but I, I think everybody enjoys being part of something positive and or thought positively, which kind of runs into that sort of being liked. But as far as uh, modeling yourself after somebody, really kind of stretch and kind of the idea of hero, I, I think of people that I have witnessed that are part of my lives that have done things for other people that go above and beyond and in secret. So it's not, it was not done for any kind of accolades or pats on the backs or things like that. Just doing the right thing just yep. to do it. Yep. And that one of my friends, um, he's, he's passed, he was killed in an accident, but at his funeral, to me, this was like, it's one of the worst days, but one of the greatest illustrations at his funeral, uh, there were several people that spoke because of just the impact this guy had on so many people's lives. And I don't remember who it was, but one person asked a question. It was a packed church for this uh, funeral ceremony, and he asked, how many people in this room felt like that he made you think and or you did think you guys were best friends? And it was insane to look around because I was one of those people. I was in the inner circle and did a lot of things with him, and I look around and see like he had this impact, and that takes a tremendous amount of energy. 
to do that. If you think about what it is to have a good friend and the give and the take that it has, to, or even in with your wife, that you, you have to have give and take in all relationships. Well, if you're going to be real close with somebody, you always have to have that give and take. Like you want to give yourself into it, but at times the other person might be in a bad mood or you might have an argument. So there's always this back and forth. Well, we don't do that. I think a lot of us don't have 25 or 85 best friends because it's exhausting. You can only right. do that with so many people. And he had the energy or the what the magic to be able to do that with so many people that it was just mind-blowing. I can't do that because I don't have that endless resource inside of me. But that sort of inspires me to at least shoot for that, if that makes any sense. I definitely that would make him fit the most people's definition then like if he made that many people be that affected um and if it's the same person i was thinking of he was pretty successful in life in general too just seems like everything he, he touched yes he was very good at um a lot of things so definitely wish i would have known known him or known people like that as it seems like a i mean i have some friends that i've kept over the years that i you know admire them and they do okay um but i don't know if i have any to that degree like i'm trying to think um that would have affected that many people i have i have a, I have a lot of good friends who did really great things you know for people and would have given you as they say the shirt off their back for you but only a handful of those um not many that might be an interesting topic just to talk about friends and versus best friends and the differences between that and the sexes for that matter it seems like women don't keep their best friends as much as men do but that's just been my uh, observation and maybe that's some kind of genetic or evolutionary thing i don't know well and i think it a lot of it boils down to time and energy and if you are looking at a large pool and within that pool there's a lot of mothers i don't know how i think it i don't know i think it's incredibly difficult to do what what i see with a lot of times with most uh, young ladies that are raising children or part of raising children to mm -hmm. put that same energy into a relationship. There's, it, there's only so much. That's the way yeah. I kind of see it. And it's it seems like a, they just kind of, they just kind of, and maybe this is one of those things where we can stir up a whole <laughs> uh, sexist uh, argument about the toxic masculin masculinity in the world. It seems like the females seem to assimilate more when they get married um, with a male and his friends and, just become part of that rather than a, go both ways. Uh, is, there is a difference. I, I, for sure. I could think of examples that go both ways. So one cleaves to one group, one has cleaved to another. So I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I think it has to do with the personalities as well of well, individuals. We can table that for some other time, but that brings me to think about, um, do you have any, I'm trying to think if I had any female heroes, um, like all the ones I named were pretty much, male um and i wonder how that i wonder how that um how that is i can't think of the word the statistical word but how do more females have female heroes and do more males have more male heroes have you run across any literature or any uh anything i, I would even thought i of can that. only imagine that a part of that's going to get turned into the idea of kind of what this particular this country was if you go reel it backwards in time that they weren't given the same opportunities so in a big span of time, not necessarily interviewing somebody who's alive today, it would be because the presence or acceptance was not the same as it is today. And so that probably limited 
to some degree that yeah they, they existed over history degree. i mean there's all kinds of famous yeah. ladies you know amelia Earhart, on and on and on right um, i don't think the over time the, the number of them is what it is because of probably opportunities maybe other things that i'm failing to see in that but in modern day and just thinking if in, within my lifetime well, they don't have to be real people either. They can be, you know, fictional characters. And, and it's just like you're saying, like, I wonder how many people say, how many girls say Hillary Clinton is their hero just because she is a female um, or, you know, any, anything like that or Nancy Pelosi or whoever. Yeah, Captain Marvel or, you know, Snow White or all these Disney princesses or, you know, My Little Ponies and all those. I don't know if they had names, <laughs> but, what you know, whatever they were. <laughs> I just remember they came on the same time about us Transformers and was highly irritated when they were on instead of Transformers. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's a good question. It's one of those ignorant things. You and I being neither one of us women, I don't know the answer to that. That would be a good question it would be this, for my wife and be, daughter. I bet they would have both, but um, I bet it would lean towards... Cause it's, and you look at the definition and all these things about heroes, and I have a couple of articles that have a bunch of points. Um, ten reasons why humans need or have um, heroes. It it fits into some of those points, like someone you want to be. And if you do identify as a female, you're going to find a female who you would want to be like. Don't have to be, you know, exactly like that. Um, but for the most part, that would make sense with these definitions or these reasons for you know the the existence of even a hero at all. Yeah, I don't. That's a great question. I, though I did talk. And I to wish you would have asked your kids who I, their heroes I did are. Not ask them. But I did ask a couple of friends just to get kind of a polling audience idea. And Man, grandmother was a common answer of some females that I had asked. And that was, I think one had even stated just her way of living her life and how she put it all together was inspiring to her, which could mean a lot of things. I didn't get all the details in that because you're just getting like a quick text comment answer thing. But, um, that that would yeah. be like a real life answer as to who. Well, do you who have any you be. want to share about yours? I mean, I, you know, I concluded that fictional or real life. Other than my grandfather, any of them, other than my grandfather, um, on my dad's side, uh, mine was Optimus Prime and uh, Leonardo. <laughs> I don't know who my fictional ones would have been in growing up. I mean, I had a lot of things I was interested in. I, I don't know that Wally Coyote and the Road Runner and Bugs Bunny qualify into hero. Bill. I was always so offended by Bugs Bunny. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know what offense me, these was. Are the like standards of which all animation should be. <laughs> I always thought by. he was a, a darn smart aleck. Oh, he was. And I thought he shouldn't treat people that way. And I always thought everybody was mean to Daffy Duck. And they always treated Elmer Fudd like he was stupid, and they shouldn't. And I didn't like that Rooster neither. Like I thought he needed to Foghorn, be Leghorn. beat up. Huh? Foghorn Leghorn. Very was tall. That his name? Mm-hmm. Had the uh, very, what I call the KFC. Nah, I say, yes. son, I say, yeah, him. Oh, God. Colonel Sanders. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> yeah, he had an attitude problem. I don't know that any of their characters were anybody you could They're look up to. They're all messed up. They right. all needed therapy. Right. Every one of them did. But they were very entertaining. But I never watched yeah, them and thought of it. I wish to Did be you like cheer for Bunny. the Coyote? Um, did you want him to catch that stupid Roadrunner or Bugs Bunny or whoever he was after? It was after? the Roadrunner. I don't know. I did. I always felt bad for him. I always felt like I was him. Have you seen Maybe that, that was the whole point. When he caught him? I thought he got him a few times, he but like he always got away. Says, now what do I do? <laughs> like a dog chasing a car, right? Anyway, back I to can't your think your of. People. I mean, I had you know a lot of the same TV shows, GI Joe, and all these. You know, I don't remember 
necessarily thinking about maybe it's just because I felt like these are all fiction, so I never really related to that. And I would just say the uh I don't know, members of my family, whether it's my mom and dad or great aunt and uncle, there's a lot of people that I saw always doing the right thing, so it just kinda always paved the road for which I should conduct myself. Right. And I would say they definitely fall into that arena. Just the family around there me. was a, I always had a generic um uh definition i guess in my head as a kid because I, I grew up watching with my dad and granddad older movies um i know you watched a lot of westerns and maybe that kind of helped frame you know the moral rightness but they watched a lot of world war ii type movies like midway right. and um tour tour Tora and uh i'm sure there were a few more i can't think of but all all those type people like the um admirals or the or this you know the fighter pilots and then the war movies like the people who you know did the right thing I mean, those were always my idea of a what a hero would be uh, but i never really knew any personally like we i didn't have anybody that was either in my family or that was close to the family that you know i had some you know family members who were in the in the military including my uh grandfather but not like you know not like where they were deployed and right you know had to go do all that stuff not at least when i was we were we were we kind of came up at a strange time to when there were no a lot of deployments until we were teenagers like because the gulf war was in the 90s and before that you know the there were small things but vietnam and all that was really the big one before that and we kind of missed that window and now i imagine Kids growing up, we've been we've been over there in the Middle East. Guy, ever since it seems like ninety two. Been a while. Like I don't know that we've fully been out of there since then. Yeah. Like they said, they pull all the troops out of Afghanistan, but I'm pretty sure they're still there. Right. I don't think that was the whole the whole truth. No, and not that I need to know what they're doing, which has kind of been always been my right, argument. Right, yeah. I, I don't need to see your dossier of this is what we're doing and when we're doing because the world's also seeing that. You just do it. Yeah, just like, do what you're supposed to do. Right. I, I have a, maybe falsely, but I have trust in those people know what they're doing and hopefully they're doing the right thing. I mean, <laughs> I was raised to be optimistic, so, or I've learned to be optimistic in certain things. And those things are so important that I don't want to be a pessimist about it. So I guess I choose not to be. Right. I, I can't, I, I've been thinking since you asked that. And even as I was reading, I don't know what I would label any other. I, I mean, I had sort of, um, Idolize maybe sports it, figures just because what they about seem musicians? to be doing things. Because um, I, I mean, I have a lot of friends them, who are. But never really thought about, I don't guess I ever thought of myself musically. So I don't necessarily, I never, uh, enjoyed what they all did and listened to hours and hours of music. I will say this is going to open up a really bad door because it just hit me. Someone <laughs> who I would have idolized as a young person because I was enamored with funny and comedians and listen to lots of cassettes and watch a lot of shows on cable. And one particular character who was known for being funny mm. and clean <laughs> know where you're has going. in recent years just been slammed off the pedestal for their behaviors. And yeah. I mean, there's, there's no secret. So Bill Cosby was someone no, said, so did he advertise pudding yeah. pops? Uh, I remember <laughs> listening to his cassettes and it just, it, I don't know. There was something about a comedian that just drew me in. I always found it See, fascinating maybe that's, to make people Maybe that's laugh. why 
I'm so warped. Like you, you found Bill Cosby tapes and stuff hidden among your parents. Or maybe they just gave them to you, belongings. I found Richard Pryor tapes. Well, I watched <laughs> him on I television. Kid. So I had access to cable at a very young age. So I didn't always see the, the best of things, which is what, how, kind of how that stood out. Was I mean, here's he, this professional he, comedian that almost never said any curse words and yet he was that popular and that funny whereas yeah. i could see other people who were funny to me because i was a kid and to hear curse words was for whatever reason it was something that just made you <laughs> laugh and i but then as i got older i realized that's eh, kind of an easy laugh in some regards right. to be able to construct yeah. things in such a way that you could say in front of literally any audience and it still be funny that, that to me that was like a special little thing and and he had a handle on that and i'm sure there there's current day people who, who have their reputation intact and are known for being a good person one in particular i can think of or two actually is uh, brian regan and henry cho those are two active comedians today that anybody can go look their stuff up right now and it's going to be really entertained by it and i don't know that there's any profanity i don't know the, to the exactness of the words but that's kind of their both their reputations is they're clean comedians there's a guy that does the puppets too i think he tries to be clean as well i can't think of his name I th- the name Henry Cho sounds familiar. He may have been on a podcast or two that I've listened to. But I was asking you about musicians because I know you uh, you liked I a loved, few. I loved music, um, but I don't know that ever. I just looked at them as a separate thing, like something that I couldn't even fathom doing. Maybe I had a, I have a lot of friends who are you know musically gifted, as I've told you over the years, um, and I have several of them who just worship Paul McCartney and just think he's the greatest thing ever, and everything he says is gold. And it's like, okay. Yeah, he's a great musician, and I don't know how much of a moral person he's been. I mean, I like the Beatles, and I like Paul McCartney, and I like all the bands and all the things he's done, but I don't know if I just would put him up there in the hero status with these people. If if he told them to go out there and uh, vote for Hitler in the next election, like, oh, I got to do it, you know? It's like, no matter no matter what they, how they are, they would, they would um, it's just hero worship. Like, I just... They they do everything they say, and it's it, to me that this this hero worship thing is interesting as well. It's, it's it's I mean I say interesting, really. It seems it's almost frustrating that you can't think for yourself. You just do whatever the person you admire, you, whatever they say. And I understand why the psychology behind it, but still, so, sometimes you got to separate separate the musicians from r- real life people. I would say the king of pop himself was probably the most influential person within my time frame of youth to now although he's passed i can't remember what year he died now but definitely in my you know elementary to middle school years he would have been huge yeah i think his time had kind of passed a little bit by the time i was in elementary school i remember i remember almost thinking he was a weirdo when i was even as a kid i thought he was strange his little mannerisms and his little squeaks and things. Right. I always thought he was goofy. And I think by then, and maybe it was just the people I went to school with who kind of made fun of him. And it was like, uh, and everybody like, I'll hear all these people talking about how influential he was. And maybe I just missed the boat on it. Of course, he, he came out with other albums. I mean, Dangerous came out and was really popular. Um, I don't know if I was late elementary or middle school, um, but that came out and uh, was popular. But still, he didn't, I don't think he affected as many people as as I had heard he had in the earlier 80s. What would have been the strongest following you would have had to a musical artist? Because I, I'm thinking of examples of like Me fawning. or just around me? No, for you. Because I think about, like, uh, I guess New Kids on the Block or Michael Jackson or thinking further backwards and watching footage of the Beatles and Elvis and all these things. And I don't 
think there's anything that I've lived through where I felt that way. So it just may be beyond me. Well, there, but those things happened in my of, life with like new kids and all these other groups that just right. young girls just flocked towards. Um, I don't think I had any particular, mostly cause I liked older music, like, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as seeing someone who was out there and watching everybody just flip out about was Dave Matthews band. Like everybody was obsessed with him in the late nineties and early two thousands, or maybe it was mid nineties to late nineties. But you know, cause I was in college until 2002. So it would have been late nineties at least. And people were talking about how many shows they had been to. And you know, I knew some people who had been to like a hundred shows and one of my best friends in particular, he's probably been to, 10 or 20 and that doesn't sound like a lot to some people but is? they just love that it's like a ball game to them like I th- me and i are sports <laughs> yeah. people so we can relate like so we yeah. could ask me well how many how many college football games do you have to go to when you've finally reached enough i'd be like uh <laughs> 10 plus though. one i think it's part of their identity it's part of like um they like this kind of music so this is who i am and it's good music i mean i'm not saying he wasn't good a lot of people hate on bands that are popular just because they're popular sure. And I hear a lot of that about Dave Matthews. I had some friends over, uh, or coworkers over, oh gosh, probably been close to 10 years ago now, who the first thing I was playing a playlist and I hadn't played any Dave Matthews yet. They were like, please tell me you don't have that loaded down with Dave on there. And I guess it's because a lot of people do that are my age because we were right there with it. Um, and I didn't. I mean, there were some songs on there, but not a ton. I don't know. I bet my friends could probably answer the question about me more than them. I was more into classic rock as a, in, in the mid-90s and than um, modern music. I mean, I was right there during the grunge era and all that, but I wasn't really enamored by anything. But if I could give one example for who I thought everyone else was enamored mm-hmm. with, would have been Dave Matthews Band. And of course, um, you had all the people who liked whatever was you know the most popular, like whether it was a rap guy or whatever. Um, they they would obsess over that until the next year. That person wasn't cool anymore. Right. Whatever's just Definitely, in the what spotlight. would yours be? What have you noticed, people? We're just enamored with the most. This is, I mean, we're kind of really taking a far trail from our hero, but I just think about it in my college years. And this guy's 75 years old, I think now, but in my college years of the mid nineties, early nineties to uh, get tickets to a Jimmy Buffett concert would not be easy because they would sell pretty quickly. I'm sure they still sell. Oh, they do. But and I'm not going to say they sell quite as fast, but it was, you know, one of those, I think Garth Brooks, as far as in the country music world, falls into this giant spotlight of sort of slash hero or extreme popularity yeah, where yeah. anybody that's that big, their stuff usually sells out really fast. I weren't was not surrounded by a lot of people who liked country music. There were people who did. Um, but I think Garth Brooks would have been prime for both of us. He was real. Now that we're older, a lot of us like him. Um, I just didn't didn't even know back then I would have liked him. It just wasn't. My parents didn't like country. Um, my mom did, but, you know, it, I wouldn't have known the difference in Garth Brooks and whoever else person you could. I, the only country artist I remember ever knowing was Don Williams. <laughs> you going in the Wayback um, Machine now. <laughs> that was in the early 80s. Yeah, I say I was in kindergarten. I remember my cousins, my um who you would call your aunt. She's, I think she's my second or third cousin would pick us up at the school, at the um, bus stop and take us down there. And she'd always play that song. And, uh, I had to learn who that was. One of the first artists I ever like, who is this? I want to get this, this tape. Don Williams. <laughs> and it was Don Williams. I've been loved by the best. I remember Aunt Kathy playing that all the time. 
or at least it came on the radio when I don't know if she was playing a tape or whatever, Tommy. but yeah, it was what I remembered. Well, did you um, run across anything that made you think like about heroes? Like I'd mentioned these 10 things as one article um, mentioned. Uh, it seems similar like thing, kind of filling in the gaps of, things. it almost seems like a person is trying to find justice in the world and where it may lack, they kind of fill in the spot with these folks or wish for these folks to exist. If it's like fictional characters to fill in the gaps of the injustice of society. Yep. Well, I can read through these. Yeah, come right through. They're, they're pretty quick. Just 10. This, this article is um, titled 10 reasons why we need heroes. Uh, I did not cite where it came from, but the, um, it's written by Scott T. Allison and George R. Gothias. Um, but anyway, they have several paragraphs pertaining to each reason, but you can just get that from just what, what the reasons are. Number one is we're born to have heroes. And so what they were kind of thinking is a person is predisposed or pre-wired to uh, have someone to look up to, someone to that was interesting, kind of be a role model. I didn't find that as well, that we're, quote, born yeah. to have that. And it was based off some Carl Jung yep. stuff, which if you know anything about psychology, you know about him. Number two was heroes nurture us when we're young. And we've already talked about that. Three were heroes reveal our missing qualities, which we talked about that too. Um, heroes save us when we're in trouble. Uh, heroes pick us up when we're down. Uh, number six, heroes give us hope. Now, we didn't really talk about that, although all the other things kind of play into it. Um like when you when you feel like just despaired and the hero can always maybe be somebody that can come in and just fix everything like you know maybe old grandpa did or grandma right. I mean, that's why a lot of people say their grandma because they you know they seem to always be able to fix whatever was wrong and this one I really we've talked about a lot which I think is probably the most important of this list until I go down further and find one like better <laughs> but this one um I think really is is the main point it says heroes validate our preferred moral worldview maybe validate it or maybe even create it but definitely validate it um number 8 is heroes provide dramatic entertaining stories that was interesting too that talked about um man creating fire and then sitting around the campfire and or whatever fire and passing on stories and the first you know humans telling stories and how that kind of um has been in our dna almost how we pass our histories down before there were you know there was writings just telling stories about mythical beings or people or and even the beginnings of um the beginnings of religion. I was surprised that and we haven't finished yet, but I was surprised. I was wondering how many people would say like Jesus was their hero. I had that. Cause if you think about it, it's the ultimate, some of the ultimate friends send out question. That was a response to some, um, which we could have an entire podcast about that. And they would have so many tangents. Mm-hmm. It would just be a show about that. I mean, you can, you could talk about that forever arguments to and fro right. and about whether it's, you know, your, your religion satisfying a need, whether, you know, so, so we're going to just not go down that road anymore. Um, heroes solve problems. We've already talked about that. And then 10, the last one, which is a pretty good one too, says heroes deliver justice, which I thought was true. And, and they, they do what's right or they, they're able to bring people to justice that other ways have failed, which is exactly true for all those cartoon heroes I mentioned. And even the, the live action shows, um, and I guess you could say your parents or grandparents did the same thing when your brother, sister, or cousin did something bad to you and you told on them or 
the truth was always shown. They dealt out um, justice to the offending party. It's funny that we've talked about the heroes this length now, and one thing hasn't come up, and that is the comic books, which is kind of the yeah, classic yeah. home for heroes are comics. And in term, you know how that is with me. It just, it just wasn't something I ever was into. So maybe that's why. But yeah, given oh, no. as they say, equal airtime to all things, with this being a giant sector of media, going back to the '30s, as far as in the paper version themselves. Yeah. Um, well, if you had to guess little... the most popular, I kind of done a little survey, reading a handful of surveys, and one can be debatable, the number one spot. But would you care to take a stab at any of those? Not necessarily the right order, but just kind of shoot at them. I don't know, Batman, Superman. There is your contested uh... number one spot right there. I was kind of surprised by that because I, for whatever reason, thought that Superman would take the number one spot outright i don't know i think people like batman because they can identify him as a regular person kind of like iron man he iron man gets left out um but i could i could see that's who would be one and two and then i don't know the rest of them i don't know enough about it but everyone can rejoice i have finally started watching the marvel Mm, movies because how deep are you I'm irritated because I didn't want to do it this way. You knew how what I wanted to do. I wanted to watch every one order of them released. in the order they were released. Yes. Just how you should watch As Star Wars or anything else. Yes. I don't have all of them, but I do mm, have now access have access to, to all of them but one. Uh, no, that one's available. I have access to all the Avengers now, um, but I don't have access to all the others, like the um, Thors they and Captain Americas and... Most of them are there. Most of them are on Amazon, but I don't think all of them are on Disney like people think. They didn't They didn't put them all there. Uh, knowing um, what you have access available to, I think you're going to have access to every single one of those in that timeline aside from Incredible Hulk. I just checked this the other day. Now that Maybe I do that, now. I did not as of a few weeks ago. And I'm saying that with Some, your Disney access, with your Netflix, and with your Amazon. Right. You should have access to everything. I, you I just think, don't know where. But, no, I've, I've looked. I don't um, think... Well, the original Avengers was not on there until recently. It's on Amazon right. now, but it was not because that's was what was stopping me. So, but I so what I've started doing was I watched, um, I watched, I had watched those. That's the only one that I had already seen all three of. But I didn't watch them in the right order. I mean, I watched Iron Man one, two, and three, but I didn't watch them in the order with all the others. So, what I have watched is all the Iron Mans because I had those. I enjoy Iron Man just like I enjoy Batman, which is totally not Marvel. Um, but I watched the Avengers original movie, the first Avengers, I guess I should say. And then I watched guardians of the galaxy. What do you think? I liked that one. It was, it was more entertaining in some way ways than I thought and less than others. I have found that people that are not sort of died in the wool of comics, for whatever reason, that one grabs them better. I, my theory on that is the writing in it is just different. And the guy who yeah, I can't just remember his comical, name now who was in not. charge of it, but I think it was really well done. So I did that one, and now I am starting the second Avengers movie because I have none of the others. I can tell there's been a lot happen mm. between those that I haven't seen, and everybody's like, "Well, you can just watch the Avengers; it doesn't matter. You don't need to watch the others." I'm like, I don't think y'all know how anal retentive I am about doing this correctly. And the whole time I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, "Yep, I've missed something here because." First of all, where is the eye patch Samuel Jackson? He's not in this one. So something must have happened in one of the other movies. Um, and uh, whatever his name is, like Rusty something, or, isn't it? Or I don't know. Um, but he's, he's not there. And 
I mean, I'm only halfway through the second Avengers. So I watched the original Avengers, which was pretty good. I watched Gallant Guardians of the Galaxy, which I enjoyed. Um, I, I guess I didn't realize, because I know this Thanos dude is in like more of the Avengers movies and something about Infinity Stones and some stupid glove he wears or something and a gauntlet. I don't know. And I, I, but I mean, I have heard and seen all the memes. I don't know what any of it is. Um, but the Infinity Stone was, I guess, introduced in Guardians of the Galaxy, or at least to me it was. And I didn't know they were tied together that right. much. But that's as far as I've got. But I have all the rest of the Avengers movies. I think even the most recent one, the yes. Endgame or whatever it is, is available. Um, so I don't know. I'm having a hard time getting through the second Avengers because I know I've missed a lot. And I just can't let myself enjoy it because I want to know it right. all. Like I want to know... and. And people are like, well, yeah, but you watch Star Wars out of order. And you would say, I would watch it. I was like, yeah, because that's how they were released. So everyone was made with the assumption that you have seen the right. previous ones and you've watched them in this order. If you go through and watch the Star Wars movies from in the, in the um, chronological okay. order. Yeah, like, or well, no, and like, As released. like when they would have been. No, that would be. In terms order. of episode like, number? In time order. Like, no, and yes, in episode number or time, like how they would have happened in chronological yeah. order, like real time order. You won't get as much out of if you. Uh, maybe you would have. Maybe that's the whole argument, the same kind of argument. Like, school should all There's be There's no way to way know because you can't be both people. Were. <laughs> right. But I would have to argue, though, it seems like it would be better to do it the way they were released in all ways because each movie was made. To, uh, with a certain amount of reveal. With those those assumptions, yes. And, and oh, now I've learned this, and now I've learned that. But it'll never be the same as those of us who watched Star Wars from the 80s all the way through. And then finally in the late 90s, the prequels came out, which have turned out to be crap, but we liked them when they came out. <laughs> um, and then these, these, you know, these new Disney movies take a lot of heat. Like, they're not very good from people. I would agree with only one, and surprisingly... It's the last Star Wars movie. I've only watched it once. The I think it's Rise of Skywalker. Man, that was a mess. I did not enjoy it that much. I liked Solo, and everyone said I would not. Um, but anyway, none of those people are really my heroes. But we were talking about comic books. I just rejoice. I have finally started watching them. And I, I think the idea of hero <laughs> and equality and justice is wrapped up in every one of those things. Good versus evil. Yeah. I always thought Luke Skywalker was a goob, though. Like, I never thought he was for him to be the hero of the of star wars I, the I way his was part was written Goober. yeah he was just a whiny little dude like just shut up man like he need to get smacked around a little i liked han solo way more even as a kid i thought he was way more i don't know maybe because he's more masculine i'm not i'm not really sure but he just in the end he always did the right thing um and you know luke never did not but he just seemed so whiny and bratty and oh i give up it's too hard so i just I never liked Luke Skywalker that much. What's your sentiments on Spider-Man? I've watched a little bit of one of them. Just, it's just not my thing. The reason I ask is because it is a very, very, very popular character for its frailties, I, I believe. And he has the, because he's, uh, depending on which version and your original and all, it's teenager to early adult. And he's ultimately in charge of Ben's death, depending on how you want to cut that pie, his uncle, because of things in action, so to speak. And he's riddled with guilt. So you have this character who's young and has errors about his judgment and ways. And he's 
constantly, I mean, he just lives with this bag of guilt that he has to carry around his life because of that. I think a lot of people relate because of that versus the sterling super person that, that is flawless kind of thing. Now there are 550 different Spider-Mans and have they been rebooted and rebooted and rebooted? The general premise of that though, I think is always is an underlying in all those. Okay. Yeah. Like I know the Batmans. Now I do like Batman. I have all pretty much at least most of them. His his um, uh, detractors, if 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 and where they are, are going to be like, yeah, well, he's just some rich guy that has a bunch of toys. That's some sort of I don't like a rich yeah. man kind of thing. Let's say that about. Whereas you got Superman, yeah. who was raised out in Nebraska or you know whatever in the flower part of the country. Well, he just has supernatural abilities that he didn't ask for. <laughs> versus the rich yeah. guy who bought all the toys. I mean. Have you seen Joker? I have not. I'm waiting to watch that with my wife. But now in lockdown world, we have the two uh, youngsters around us. Seems like 24-7. So, and it's my understanding is not a movie that uh, young people need to watch. No, it's it's a bummer. Like, I don't, I don't know if you'll like well, it. Well, I, I, I really know don't. going in, negative sort of idea or mantra or something. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. approaching it, holding it at arm's length. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix is excellent, and that's him, right? mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know anything he's ever done that wasn't good. I mean, I don't know many things he's he's done, but I haven't seen the other movie either with the misfit people. Uh, Suicide Squad? I forget who they are. Yeah, all those dudes. I haven't seen all of them. Believe it or not, I haven't not either. Um, I'm, I tend to be more into the Marvel world, and I, I don't hate the other side. It's just a generalized interest. Do you like the Batman movies? Oh, I, I mean, have. I like all I of mean, them. I I grew up at the ones. What's the one with Heath Ledger? I think that, that's probably uh, the best one. I, I remember I came around with all the multiple Batmans in high school to now with whether it's Michael Keaton or Val Kilmer yeah. or now Ben Affleck. Was Michael Keaton the first movie movie one? Yes, I remember that one the most. I think is yes. being the early. I don't know that I've seen the Val Kilmer one. Is that the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mister Freeze? I do not have that knowledge. And there was like Batman and Robin. Wasn't Ben Affleck one most two or? Oh, Okay. Because he's another he's character, in, uh, too, like Ant-Man or something. No, 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 no. Do not put him in the Marvel world. That's Paul Rudd. <laughs> oh, um, okay. Yeah. There's, there are people that are way <laughs> well, more qualified them, to have so. this conversation than you or I. <laughs> I'm sure. You you claim next <laughs> well, to say, none of these people are my heroes. Like first grader in comic world, <laughs> and that's about it. Do they ever cross over Marvel and DC at all? Other than like in fan films? In terms of a, like a character or something? There yeah. is oh man, it escapes me now. There or is just, someone who's like actually does Batman ever meet Iron Man? Oh, I don't, not that I know of. But again, this is um, is Gotham City, New York? Is that supposed to be New York? My understanding or my belief, rather. Okay, I I am <laughs> on beginner level here, not even into novice. Just about to answer that for you. I have an entire encyclopedia of, of Marvel comic characters because I do not have the background as some do. Well, obvious with our ignorance that those people definitely weren't heroes. We got anything else? Any other points or things you found interesting about the psyche of heroes and stuff? That it, it's always, it seems to be either something you are lacking or maybe you have and you want to polish. And when I kind of look at looking at this from sort yeah. of the study point of view, if you will, looking at other people and their commentary about it and just thinking back to, how have, how have I looked at people? Because I, I mean, I'll look at 
XYZ traits of somebody who I would not even begin to put into the hero status. Like they're coworkers or, or different people in your life that not because of their negatives or maybe because of their negatives, but just like somebody might possess a skill or ability or an efficiency that you strive for. And that's kind of my sort of takeaway from this circling it back around to uh, my lesson to anybody that would want to hear it and or my kids would be don't get so wrapped up in your idolization of any person because that, you know, when, when they falter, because they will, that it actually just hurts you personally because just know it going into it that every person has flaws and they're going to, they're going to falter. They may not all falter the same. They may not all have the same Lance Armstrong story, but they're, they're, no one is flawless and that's just part of it. But I, I'm always looking to try to find, um, uh, one t- story I wanted to tell as far as what I'm trying to do is I like to look into quote heroes of the world, whether it's doctors, nurses, policemen, firemen, ultra runners, or whoever is to find a way to twist that into my life, either as, in an inspirational way or a goal of something to shoot for. And it, besides that reason, pure entertainment, I think is why we all take on the comic world or the movies or all these different things. And, I just want to share a little story with you that you may not have ever heard of since you're not necessarily within the ultra running circles and all that. There was a guy and I'm pretty sure the world would agree to some degree. He gets kind of credit for starting this notion. Maybe not entirely because it goes back to, um, if you remember what was in a 300 in those days in the Greeks and things, there's the guy, I think his name was Phidippides yeah. that ran the distance of marathon from, I don't remember which location there, there's even races that now mimic his run and things. So that, that goes way back before America was even settled for sure. But there's a guy that in 1974, his name is Gordy Ainsley. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name, right? Most people just know him as Gordy. The, um, there's a real popular ultra marathon in, in uh, California called the Western States 100. And that's originally started as the Tevis cup, which was get ready for this. It was a horse race trail race. So you're riding horses. Well, the horse that, and I'm butchering the story. There's lots of documentaries and things you can find on this, but Gordy was in this race and his horse that he had purchased to lead up to this race. It got from a guy who promised, no, this horse has never been lame. Turned out that that was a whole nother story. And the horse was just not going to be ready for the race and or was injured. And he decided, and this is where kind of the hero kind of falls into me. And by that, I mean, just doing things that just do not seem possible by humans. He decides to line up and do this race on foot. This is not some person, at least from what I have read and or seen documentaries, that was known for great running feats. I believe he had running as maybe a hobby or interest or maybe something he did to stay fit, but nowhere near 100 miles. And so he lines up that year to run and try to complete. You have 24 hours, I believe it was the time cut off, to finish this race, and he did. Yeah, 100 miles? On trail. So I really butchered and abbreviated an incredibly interesting story. And, it is finished. Um, but so I would suggest. No, no, anything. no, no. Because it was just him against horses at that time. But this has gone right. on to be. And horses do 100 miles? I've always thought you had to change your horse. Uh, out you're, I'll kick in my coverage so with that. Because I know f- far less about horses than I do ultra running. But that um, 
that that to me is just mind blowing. I mean, that whenever anybody asks about what I'm doing, whenever I'm in the middle of training for something, and I you know, oh, and I get sort of this, I can't believe I don't want to drive that far kind of comment. All right, that that, that may or may not impress them, and that may just be what they're saying to me. But there are definitely people out there doing things that are mind blowing as humans. And I look at those people, not necessarily to mimic that. I mean, I would love to get into that race. It's hard race to get into. I don't know if I could complete it, which is kind of why I'm drawn to it. But just the idea that what you have kind of fastened around is the limits of humanity or skill, ability, whatever. I love seeing it shattered. One from that just sort of spectator point of view, but you can kind of cross that over into what other part of your life, like, just when you think this is really all I can do, like this is, I can't really do this much more at work or whatever. That's, that's not always true. And one, that was kind of the thing, I guess I've one thing outside of just generalized fitness that I have got out of running and Ironman and all these things is I I never did it thinking I could do it. I did it kind of testing the boundaries. Like, Oh, I can remember the day I first ran 12 miles because I injured myself that day. And just thinking like, I never thought if, if you had asked me any time before that, I might've been like, well, maybe, I don't know. But to keep breaking things that you think aren't possible, that to me changes how you look at everything else in your life. And that's the thing I enjoy about seeing people as they take on, for example, this hobby of running and they've never ran before and they've never done a 5K before and they've never done a marathon. And it keeps growing and growing and growing. Not that those numbers are significant themselves, but the fact that they just find another way to shatter something they think, no. I can remember having this thought of, I could do this, but there's no way I could do that. And then one day I've done that three times. And it's like, okay, what's the next thing? There's definitely a limit out there. And it's going to vary from one person to another based on your genetics and ability to train and do all those kind of things. My point in all this rambling, though, is what you think are limits within yourself are probably way off of what you really can do. Yep. <clears throat> I haven't had anything in my personal life that that would mimic that other than probably um, undergrad and and college. I remember as a freshman, uh, second semester, looking at um, getting into uh, graduate school, thinking, gosh, I've got all these courses to take. I have to get A's and all of these and at least B's and these and thinking, man, that's going to be tough. And I decided, okay, I'm going to do it. And three years later, I did do it. And the feeling you get from an accomplishment of a goal like that from when you think it wasn't possible and then you just right. do it um, is incredible. So definitely someone who could do that would be a hero in my books. That Also, that reminds me of um, Unbroken, Fantastic. the book about the POW. Fantastic. Yeah, that he, guy is another example of just, one of these people. Like He did it in a yeah. hundred different arenas. Like. I can't think of a better example of someone who's done that. Yeah, he did it in like, more than one long, vein. Yeah, long long story short, he was a runner to the Olympics. and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And then he survived on a raft after his plane was shot and down. Then survived was, the prison camp. And, yeah, then prison camp. Did he escape too or was he, was he rescued? rescued? I can't remember. They, but still, those are three different things this dude and it's that's incredible. just the beginning of his life. That only that all just was it Hildebrand yes, who wrote that. That only went up to he was probably in his mid twenties, and then he went on on you could say uh, changing people's lives in a religious way, 
because he had just had issues with that. As a matter of fact, he battled with alcoholism after he got out of the service, as they called it then. And I think it was his wife or girlfriend just kept imploring him, go to hear this young up-and-coming guy who was preaching in these public areas named Billy Graham. Blah, blah, blah. This guy went on to, why am I failing to remember his name? Who Who is the guy we're trying to hold up when we can't remember his name? <laughs> the star of the story, Unbroken, which one of us will, will say in yeah, a moment. I think of his that name he, he went on to change numerous other people's lives by becoming a speaker and involved in all kinds of different Christian movements and things. Didn't he try to meet some of the guards? He too? did. He, right. He tried to go back and make amends with, uh, and, and did meet some of them, but he did not find like the most notorious one as the, as I have researched. And I think it was actually in the book that, yeah, I think he probably would have been held for war crimes. So he probably changed. Yeah, his identity he he was always stuff. on the run. I think until his death, uh, Louis Zamperini. That was the guy's name we're trying to remember. Mm. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yep. fantastic character. Yep, Just his brother. And, and he it didn't is. start from at least as as told in the book and and shown in the movie. He didn't start from like the, some privileged life of a uh, collegiate runner or whatever. Like he was getting in trouble, and somebody in his family yeah, that's I was got him to say. into track and field yeah. just to keep him from getting arrested or you know caught off yep. to jail or whatever because he just was going to end mischief. Yep, he would be a prime example of what you're he talking li- about. He, he lived and exuded himself beyond not only probably his own expectations, but just the limit of what you would think humans can do. <laughs> I don't know anyone who has read that book or listened to it on Audible as I did, and could say any different. Like that won't that weren't that wouldn't be blown away if if, if that doesn't blow you away. I don't. There's nothing out there that can. I mean that that thing was no. incredible. And I think those folks. I don't think they're necessarily in every house, which I do believe we all have. You know, positive role models. I would imagine in in, in any corner of the world, but. Those guys aren't so rare, their their story just hasn't made it out there yet. And it's because I think a lot of people that are like yeah. that aren't uh, show-me guys. And the fact that it's true, it's not, I mean, it almost seems right. fictional. How could that like, happen in one person's life? Incredible. And this is not just big like uh, the Forrest Gump story. If I recall after that movie first came out that the writer or writers had taken, homogenized two different people to make that one character, I may have. I may have that totally know. wrong, That's but I'm almost positive I remember that because I thought, you know, his life's kind of the same way. It's like event after event after event. But I believe that a lot of those things were taken from two different individuals and put together. And then Jenny went on to be the House of Cards. Um, first lady and then president. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched the last episode of that yet. I don't know if uh, I will. <laughs> well, I think that's a good note to end it on. I'm going to go, I think, smoke a rack right, of ribs. Well, till next time. Till next time, see you later. Seen a bunch of run down new horse towns where the church is the backbone loves and the back-